Hey, beloved, welcome to another chapter in the book of Sean. Thank you for being a part of all of this. I got a great show for you tonight. Do you hear me? Take your shoes off, get you some pie, and then sit back down because my sister Ebony Electra is here, and we're going to have a great conversation, a meaningful, substantive, sometimes funny, and honestly, sometimes sad conversation about her journey with grief and loss. Because here's what I know for sure. Grief is the tax we pay for love. And when you love somebody, when you are committed to somebody, connected to somebody, not in that superficial, I saw you at the club and we're gonna be friends. No, 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 I'm talking about when you, when you have a real soul relationship with somebody and you lose them, it'll change your spirit, your life, your mind, your future. It will affect you. And grieving is how we show the people that we love that we still love them. You hear what I said to you? That grieving is not unnatural. It is not something we should avoid or run from. We should learn how to embrace it, how to welcome it as a friend that reminds us of the great soul that has preceded us into death. But here's what I know for sure. The rest of those who have gone before us cannot steady the unrest of those who are sure to follow. Lord have mercy. Anyway, welcome to the show tonight. Ebony Electra! <laughs> Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm wonderful. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me. And that was an amazing introduction. I have to say so. Like, honestly. <laughs> thank you, you so much. First of all, you are absolutely beautiful. Well, and... Oh, thank you. If I do say so myself. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, listen, I, I, I pride myself on when I see something about someone, and, and male, female, I don't care who it is, I will tell you you know, beautiful yeah. smile, beautiful spirit, because I, I've learned that so many of us don't get to hear that, right? Like we don't get to hear it enough. And so there's That's no, there's no way I'm gonna have, some, have somebody like you on the show and then not tell you how absolutely <laughs> beautiful you are. So thank you for yeah, being we, here. We would have to fight after this show if you didn't say that. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> I love your sister humor. <laughs> so um, let, let's, let's sort of get to it, right? Because you know, we're here to have what I know won't be necessarily an easy conversation for you. And I said, I said to you before we came on the air that you're in good hands, you're in loving hands, you're in committed I, I hands. Yeah. I believe you. By all um, so you lost your best friend uh, who was like a sister to you. And for everybody watching tonight, who uh, a lot of us know who Kim Porter was and is, but of course we don't know her the way you do. So, so for everybody watching tonight, um, who was Kim Porter and how did you meet her? Who was Kim Porter? Kim Porter, just like you said, best friend, um, sister, if I had to describe her as a person, I would say by all means, one of the most phenomenal women of strength that I have ever encountered in my life. Um, very intuitive extremely intuitive. I gained a lot from being in her presence. It was almost at times as if I were talking to my mother. She was full of wisdom. Mm. Uh, she's the type of person she protects all of her friends by all means, even down to the point of if you're driving a car and you're approaching a stop sign and she's feeling the brakes too fast, that hand is going out like you're trying to stop your child from going through the window. Mm. But Kim was very she was really a force to be reckoned with, if I could say that. She had this 
immense beauty that, that honestly speaking, no matter what, 365 times a day, days a year whether she was sick whatever it was it was just there it radiated and she never said anything that was not really profound mm. at all I can honestly say that anyone else who's been in her presence like myself and I'm not her only close friend I will say this about our relationship yes we were the best of friends yes we were sisters and everybody knows that she was a phenomenal woman. And we, we like to call her. A lot of people said this once she passed. And it's the truth. They were like, Kim was so graceful. She was really, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but like a black um, Queen Diana. Mm. By all mm. means, Princess Diana. By all means, mm. graceful. Well, I, I, I'm so glad I asked you that because I, I, I never had the privilege to meet her or to know her. Yes. And we yes. only get what we get on social media and in the media about her life, her passing, and all of that. Um, yeah. But you've given me a whole rich understanding of the of the of the gravitas of this woman. Yeah, she really, Sean. I really, I really can't. And and when and once I finished talking about her just now, more things just came to mind. Like honestly speaking, when you when Kim enters a room, a space, you actually feel. The presence of, like I said, a Princess Diana has walked in. You know, mm. when people pass, because people don't give people flowers enough while they're living. Come on. So you Come hear on. pretty much everything about the person once they pass, and it blew my mind, the family's mind, how everybody revered Kim across the world, not just wow. in the United States. And it was all very consistent. Her character was one of great, great, great character. And wow. it was it was shown, it was said the whole nine yards. And I couldn't stop reading enough on Instagram and just crying because I was so thankful that they saw her in such a light. And yeah. it let me further know that I was really in the presence of someone such as Kim. Yeah, you know, when, when you started saying that second half of, of, the, of your answer, your, your eyes and your face started to change. Um, exactly. Tell me, tell me, what, what was happening when you were talking I, about her? It's so crazy. I was just trying to, I don't know. It was like my face wanted to start, like, not even twitching, but I had to just control because mm. there are certain times, you know, <clears throat> Sean, I can be out at a party, hands in the air, sipping my social cocktail. Mm. And I can see one thing that will trigger me. And it's like my outer appearance shows this, but my whole inside has just gone dark and I would just start thinking about and it just changes my whole everything and I'll you know I'll nicely gracefully go take a seat I'm not one to show my um outward emotions in a setting where it's supposed to be a happy mood and try mm. to bring everybody down so you know it's controllable when I'm out but I, I will say this grief has definitely taken its toll on me yeah, wow. yeah. and then that that makes me glad that you just kind of had that moment um, because you, you're, you're absolutely right. Not only is grief, grief rather uh, important and not only is it present, it is significant that you allow yourself to express it because very feelings don't die, they fester and they take on a life of their own. Um, but, let, but let me ask you this because, because I, I'm loving, I, I, when you were talking, I was thinking to myself, See, I need a friend who's going to talk about me like this when I, when I pass away. People realize that I'm doing it. 
I hear that all the time, but go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Go no, ahead. no, it's fine. I'm, 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 I, I, I pray that I, I would be worthy of a friend who would have such glowing remarks about me. Tell me how you met her. It's so crazy. So Diddy, Puffy, Love, all of those. So I was born in New York, moved to Atlanta when I was five years old, actually. But my parents both grew up in New York. My mom and my Aunt Janice, which is Puffy's mom, were friends like in their early 20s. My father and Puffy's father were friends as well. So when your parents are friends with someone and they're together all the time, you know, we were pregnant around the same time. Um, Puff and I are not that much apart in age. And <clears throat> so when he, when he was older, like as a child, able to come and visit Atlanta, he would come down and visit. And it's crazy because he would stay with who was my mom's best friend, which is really Puffy's real godmother. Mm. He would come to stay with her, but he would always end up at our house because I have a brother. We're like one year apart, so it would be the three of us. We do skating rinks, we do Six Flags, we do parties. I mean, this dates back to before high school. Mm. And as we got older, still the same thing. And when he started coming down, like in his adult life, he just, as a matter of fact, he just got awarded. Um, when he did Revolt, the Revolt Conference here two years ago. He was awarded, he was honored rather at City Hall. <clears throat> I forget the name of the award. I think the Phoenix Award is what they gave him. And he got up to say his speech in front of everyone. I was, of course, in the audience. And he said, you know, I like to thank my cousin Ebony. He said, if it wasn't for Ebony, I wouldn't even know the meaning of black excellence. You know, you have to know mm. being raised in the South and being raised in New York are two totally different environments, two totally different everything. And fortunate enough for me, I've been in circles since I started going to school with the who's who of Atlanta was, mm. was up on the side of town where all of the who's who stayed. It just like, I just happened to fall into this space. So when he would come down, these are all the people that we would affiliate ourselves with. And I was always throwing parties and stuff like that. So basically, here we go. Years go by. He's Ebony coming to New York this weekend, blah, blah, blah. No problem. I go, I go to the studio where he is and there's no one in the studio except for Puffy this beautiful brown girl and like two engineers, which was so shocking. Usually I'm used to walking into like 50 million people inside, you know, mm. whatever. So as soon as I walk in, he goes, um, Kim, this is my cousin, Ebony. Ebony, this is Kim. We met and I'm going to be honest with you. It's the most amazing thing because after maybe the first 30 minutes of the three of us just sitting there having great conversation, Kim and I both realized that we knew some of the same people. She's originally from Columbus, Georgia, which is only mm. an hour and 15 minutes outside of Atlanta. So a lot of people from Columbus come to Atlanta because it's the bigger city. Mm. We realized we had the same hairdresser. We realized we had some of the same friends. And Puffy says, are you guys hungry? Well, you want to order some food and you can go pick it up? And we were like, yeah, certainly. We went, Sean, it really should have only been maybe a 30 minute time away from the studio. We were gone for like two and a half hours. We <laughs> ate food in the car. We drove around the city of New York and just talked. And I'm going to be honest with you. Ever since that one day, we became inseparable. Inseparable. Mm, I love that. That's such a great story. And, yes. and it just goes to show that when the connection is genuine, it don't take all day to recognize sunshine. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> so it doesn't. I, I, I want to ask you about another day. Um, okay a bit sadder. Tell me how you heard about her passing and, and what did it do to you in the moment? Ooh, ooh. 
so I got a phone call. This is before it reached the blogs, the media, anything. Of course, I'm the call that the, 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 the one of the first calls they're gonna make outside of like Puffy and the kids, of course. But I got the phone call um, from one of the people in the house and she was just like, Auntie Ebony, you know, um, Kim is unconscious, but I, I didn't think anything of it because people go in and out of consciousness all day, every day. Just to be unconscious does not mean death. Mm. And clearly that was the furthest thing from my mind, the absolute furthest thing from my mind. And um, I made a few phone calls the moment I heard that, you know, of course I reached out to, I'm so sorry, it was like a piece of hair that's just blocking my eye. No, you're fine, you're fine. Um, I reached out to Puffy. That was one of the first calls that I made. Of course, we had our exchange and um, he immediately, this is before anything, before we knew that she had passed before anything and he had gotten the phone call as well. And he immediately was like, you know, I'm putting you on the plane so you can come out to LA because like I said, I was in Atlanta. Mm. And um, of course, maybe 15 minutes later or 20 minutes later after that call, maybe a little longer, I got the next phone call that she had passed. And at that point, I had already left where I was. I was actually interviewing a whole bunch of rappers for this documentary when I got the call. And all of the rappers there know me and they know Kim and they knew the relationship. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, my hands started shaking when I was on the phone. Even though, like I said, people go in and out of consciousness all the time. My hands started shaking and I pressed speaker by mistake so they could hear the conversation. And I was in total shock. Um, when I hung up the phone, everybody comes in there, you know, everybody's just hugging because like I said, none of us were expecting for her to pass, but they were just consoling and comforting me at the moment. Make mm. long story short, I left because he said, you know, I want you to come to LA. And I didn't get that phone call about her passing until I was in the car on my way home to grab some clothes, throw in the bag and go straight to the airport. And I'm going to be honest with you. I said this in one other interview. When I got the call, I was in the car with my brother and I was sitting in the back seat because he had someone in the front seat with him. Sean, this was no lie. You know how the sunroof, you know, well, cars have sunroofs. So when I, when I heard that, I, I literally, I blacked out because I don't remember any of this. My brother said, Ebony, you leaned down in the seat and you started kicking the sunroof, like just kicking the sunroof, just, no, no, no. So much that he pulled the car over on the side of the road and he reached in the back, you know, got me out and was just trying to hold me. And people thought that we were fighting and people started pulling over on the side of the road because I've just, I've literally just lost it at this point. And he had to reassure them, no, she just, you know, lost her sister. And mm. um, they understood and people were just like, you know, just right there in that moment, just praying. And I, Sean, I, I, I freaked out. I blacked out. And, and as I, as I remember, and as my, as I came to my brother, I don't remember any of that. All I remember mm. is receiving the call. And the next thing I remember is coming in my house and packing my clothes. I don't remember any of the blackout whatsoever. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Listen. Mm. Yeah. I, I got to take this break, but I'm, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. But, but whoo, that, that, that was absolutely riveting. And it, it, and it really was. It, it, it really, really was. And, and I, I, it, go ahead. I'm, I'm just wondering, just, just quickly, how does it feel for you to talk about that right now? Like what, what, what feelings come up? Cause I see it, you, I see them in your face. You know, as I'm, having this conversation right here this specifically about what happened all i did was really replay everything in my mind and all i could hear were the screams in real time and the sobs on the other end of the phone and then i'm not gonna lie you know how people say when you're about to experience death your life flashes in front of your eyes mm. that's happened to me before of course i didn't pass away but as we're talking and i was telling that story I promise you at least 20 memories of different things that we've done in our past just have all just flashed. Yeah. That's, that's a great place to stop because I'm going to ask you about some of those memories when we come back. Listen, everybody, don't go anywhere because this is absolutely riveting. And not because it's sad, but because you can feel the love. You can feel the devotion. You can feel what it feels like to love somebody and to have, most of all, somebody love you back. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. So listen, powerful, powerful conversation thus far. And we've all learned some things about Kim Porter that we could not have learned any other way, except that we were in the presence of someone who knew her and loved her. You know, that's, that's, that's the benefit of, be, of, of, of talking to people who have a firsthand account, as opposed to talking to people who never know the person or knew the person, rather, that they're trying to talk about. That's the power of this moment. You know, Ebony Electra comes to this moment with authenticity. And she comes with moral authority. And you can feel it through the screen. Ebony! I'm here. <laughs> listen, I'm listen. Here. I'm, I'm, I'm literally riveted. By, you are by... so good, Sean. I, I love your, um, your words. Thank you. That's how I put it. I, I, you, you, you really articulate and say exactly what it is. And you hit it right on the head. Like Thank you. You hear that, Juan? How come you don't say that to me? <laughs> Did you, you better, hear her? You better know it, Juan. You better recognize. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come on here. All right. So I know that you and Kim were best friends and sisters. And I know that you talked a lot. But is there anything that you wish you had said to her more? Not, not, not that you didn't say it. But is there anything you wish you had said more to her? Let me, let me say this. I'll say God has a funny way of doing things because during the past, during the last, I'll say four months mm -hmm. of her living, we had conversations that we had never had throughout our friendship and mm. throughout our sistership. And it was, it's just so amazing. You notice it in hindsight. I'm like, wow, look, she just said so-and-so. We shared how much we, and you know, people have a tendency to say a lot of things in somebody's past because they have no one to, to go against and say, I did not say that. But right. I'm very truthful in what it is that I'm saying. And, I, and I, what I'll say is we talked about just our relationship, period. Because Kim and I had, we've been friends. I met Kim, I was in my early 20s. And we may have had two falling outs throughout that entire time, what humans don't. And I yeah. say this, either you're going to, return from a falling out as friends and grow stronger, or you will never come back together. 
And we came back as sisters and grew even stronger. And one of the things she said to me, when we were talking about our very last falling out, as a matter of fact, she said, you know, Ebony, there's nothing in this world that cannot tell me that we are not related. Just the type of relationship that we have, the friendship, you know, our, and it didn't just stop with us, our parents, my mom, her mom, they had become very good friends. They would travel without us, do their own things without us. And as I mentioned to you, you know, Kim's from Columbus and we spent, I promise you, about, about nine or 10 Thanksgivings down in Columbus with her, her family. I mean, my whole family. So, you know, I told you before we shared that and she said, and then another thing, I don't want to make anybody mad, but if there was anything else that I could have said to her, I would have just said, let's do it. And what I mean by that, we were working on so many projects and had so many promising um, things that were taking place in our life things that were being negotiated at the very time, like all types of things. And one thing that I'll say about the both of us, we both have a tendency to come up with the best ideas, put it out on paper, write the plan, write the vision, make it plain. But in, when it came to execution, we were so busy enjoying one another, traveling all the time, doing this, doing that. So caught up in us, we never knew that time was against us mm. and we never knew and we would have executed like none other even more but we we didn't we didn't do that so That's those good. things that we did have plans well like i said yes they were several things in negotiation but at the end of the day that's that's the only thing that i would have said because everything else did not need to be said because mm. it had already been said it had already been shown it had already been felt so there was nothing else that's the only thing and i say mm. the only thing because that's the one thing that i think about a lot since her passing yeah no that, that what you just said was rich and substantive and it reminds all of us myself included right that we are not the masters of time that it, it is it is not we we don't control it and we don't know how much time we have with someone and that little word let's do it um, it's just a it's, a, it's a clarion call to all of us to say, whatever it is you feel like you're supposed to be doing with someone, do it now. It should definitely be a wake up call for several people. The one thing when she passed, Sean, the first thing that entered my mind and it made me cry even harder, I said, oh my God, I said, I will never hear her voice again. Mm. And I started bawling. Then the Holy Spirit stepped in and he's like, are you kidding me? You have like 9,000 videos in your phone and on your computer that you've never ever posted. And I immediately, a whole sense of thankfulness came over me at the time because I knew with that, that not only would I hear her voice and could hear it forever, I could see her face. I could mm. see us moving, you know, cause it's a lot of video. I, and, and that would just take me back to a time, to a place. Some would make me cry, some would make me laugh profusely, what have you. But I'm, I'm just very thankful that I'm a person that takes a lot of video. I just do, just because. And she the same. It's just that when she passed, I couldn't grab her phone and go pull videos out of her phone mm. that she had that I didn't have. But I tell people this all the time, especially if it's a bestie, if it's a sister, if it's your spouse. Take as many pictures and video as you can. It will change your life. It will make the grieving process 
a lot easier in one certain aspect because there's there are other aspects that no matter what happens, there's nothing you can do to change them. You know, that's uh, that's sage advice because I've done a bunch of shows about grief and losing people. And I have to admit to you, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that on this show. Yes. Um, specifically, take as many photos and as many videos of the people you love as you possibly can. Yes, yes. I love that. It has helped me tremendously. There are days that I can't, up to this day right now, that honestly, I'll wake up and I'll have a whole schedule of things to do. I can't do it, Sean. Something will happen. I'll have one memory. It'll trigger sadness. I will stay in the bed for hours and then I will go straight to my phone, go back to around the time that she passed because I know that's when I was doing a lot of posting of videos. And that'll just bring me some sort of joy. And then I'll read the comments because a lot of the comments that I would read were things like, I really wish that I had a relationship with my best friend like you have with Kim. And I'm sitting here saying, mine is no different from anyone else's, but they all saw something that I did not see. And they were like, you mentioned it when you did your intro. They were like, you know how there's a soulmate and people are usually referring to male and female getting together and becoming soulmates. They were like, no, you had a, that was like a soul sister. Yeah, yeah. And I'm honest with you, it, it really was. For there to be no blood, no none of the same blood running through our veins. I can honestly say what I felt and what she felt whether we were together or whether we were apart, is a true sisterhood. I was supposed to meet Kim Porter, and Kim Porter was supposed to meet Ebony Electra. And I don't get that. it wrong. I'm not, like I said, I'm not her only friend. But I'm speaking for myself right now and for the and for the masses as well, because people know, they know. They know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, listen, we talk about um, soul ties with respect right. to you know, romantic or male-female relationships, as you said. But there is such a thing called a soul relationship. It's not a soul tie. And, Dave, and in the Bible, David had it with Jonathan. It says mm -hmm. this, and the soul of David was connected to the soul of Jonathan. It's a soul Period. relationship. Yeah, and that's what Period. you have. Period. Period. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. I never, I would have never. That's exactly what you just said. A soul yeah. relationship. It's a soul relationship. Yeah. It's, and it's rare. First of all, let me say this to you. It's rare. Most people never have them. That's Most people never find them. And you were able to do that. Real quick, before I take this break, how are you dealing with the grief? Like, how are you, what are you doing to negotiate it, manage it, and live with it? I haven't seeked any type of help, which I honestly do do know now that I really should have, and it's still not too late. Um, I'm dealing with different changes in myself. Uh, I'm a very, very social person, and everyone knows that about me. I find myself alienating myself from, from, from places um, mm -hmm. that I would normally go, and friends, you know, I, I still have a great time with friends, but at the end of the day, I can walk into a situation where they're girlfriends and there's two best friends in the room and I'll get, I'll get sad. But as I told you, I, I tend to excuse myself in situations like that. And I'll go somewhere because I say to myself, I'm like, Lord, I cannot believe that I am left here mm. by myself without mm. Kim. It, 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 I, it, I never saw it coming. Yeah. Never saw it. Yeah. Thank, thank you for that. Um, I'm going to take a break. Uh, first of all, 
can you stay a little longer? Because I don't, yes, don't want to let can. you go. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, yes. we are not continuing this show without you. <laughs> I am here, honey. I got you. Good, good, good. good. Um, because there's something that I want to say to you about that little scenario you just gave us. Because I have, I have a technique for that um, that I think is going to help you manage your way through those difficult moments. When you see what you used to have, right? I, I got something for that. When we come back, I'm going to give it to my sister and I'm hoping and praying that she can receive it, all right? Don't y'all go nowhere because y'all want to hear this too. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm having what I think to be an important and amazing conversation with Ebony Electra. Um, who is my new sister? I'm telling you right now. I'm not letting her go. <laughs> I, I love her spirit, her humor, um, her authenticity. I mean, she is who she is. And you can tell when you talk to somebody who is comfortable in their own skin, they, they sit in a chair differently. They, they own the room differently, and that's her. Um, and so, Ebony, I cannot tell you how, how big a fan uh, you have in me now because I absolutely oh love your spirit. Oh, my God. My mother would love to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you listen, Thank I... You so it, much, Sean. I really appreciate that. My it's, goodness. It's, it's all true. It really is. So let me ask you this. Um, oh, I, I was going to um, give you some advice on how to deal with the situations. Yes, okay. So think about this for a moment. When you're in situations... And this is gonna this might shock you a little bit, but just stay with me. When you're in situations and you start seeing other people enjoying the friendships and the connections that you have, here it is. Instead of talking to God, talk to Kim. Do you know this is the God's honest truth? I just had that, I'm gonna call it an epiphany. I just had that happen maybe a week ago, it just dropped in my spirit to start talking to her because I was getting a little upset saying, it's been like five months now and I have not had any visitation and I, and that, oh my gosh, it hurts. Like, mm. it, it honestly, it hurts, it hurts, you know? Like I talk to the kids often, I see the kids often. And of course those are her children. So when I hear them talk to me, especially Christian. Christian is the middle child. That's the, the one son that she has with, um, with Puff. And I'm his godmother. And he really expressed, we have a, an, an amazing relationship. And mm -hmm. he's always talking about his visitation from his mom. And I'm sitting here like, oh my God. You know, it's not a thing where I get mad. I'm just very thankful that they still have it because no one deserves to lose a mom at, you know, such young ages or just period in their life. And I'm going to take that advice so hard. I've already started journaling. And instead of, dear God, I'm going to even address my journals as such and say, dear Kim. Yeah. I really, I really love that, Sean. Yeah, yeah. It. And I don't know for people watching, they may be like, why is he telling her to stop talking to God? No, no it's no, not. No, no. I mean, we, yeah. we know what time it is. Listen, don't think too hard into things. You come know, on, like come on. You don't Come have to on. go there. You, it's who you serve as the same God that I serve. And I'm talking because you, know, you serve your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But at the end of the day, we know what it is. Nobody has time for the outside chatter or banter. As long as it's good in your spirit and it's good in my spirit, then it's okay. Yeah, I, I love that. And it's actually what happened in The Color Purple. Because you remember that when Celie starts writing her journals, she writes, Dear God. But 
as she gets healed, as she gets bold, she starts to address her sister. See? See? So listen. Same I got, thing. I got precedent. Don't mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> so so let me ask you this. Um, um I, I'm 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 so glad that you were able to have this kind of connection with somebody. It it, it really is so rare. Listen, I am too. Like I said, I never knew when she was living that <clears throat> I would look at the relationship in such a way as you just articulated just now and mm. said that, you know, it is very rare. And what Kim and I, and what we had, honestly speaking, I, I, I was describing this to someone the other day. They're like, well, what, what is it? What was it? And I said, you know, the best way I can put it I've never, we like the same things. Like I've always had three very close women in my life. Two, one I went to from sixth grade, one from my radio days, I was in my early twenties. And then Kim, I met in my early twenties as well. But Kim and I, we became sisters. That was a totally different relationship. It was the most amazing thing. And she even asked me, she was like, what, what, what is it with us? I said, we like, all of the same things. Somebody's not gonna have the same interest. She doesn't like to climb mountains and I like to swim. No, we both like to swim. Mm. She doesn't like to, she likes tequila. I love tequila. I do too. Hey, <laughs> look, she likes trap music. I love trap music. And our other girlfriends would get in the car with us and they're like, oh my God, here we go. So, so Ebony, Ebony, hold on one second. Tell me one of your best moments with Kim. We took a trip to Africa. Um, a friend of ours was his uh, vice president in one of the countries over in Africa. And we, he invited us over. We were there for maybe a week. And it was total top notch. I, don't even, I can't even go into details like at all. And we experienced a lot of firsts with each other on that trip. And these now, those are the moments that I smile about the most. Like we, we went to visit villages where, where there were chiefs still in villages and we're sitting there humbly had to put on their dresses and their type of customary fabric and actually wait for the chief to come out and you know you have to wait a second for him to see your face and we're looking at each other and we're just sitting here crying because we're like are we really experiencing this type of stuff in Africa you know and then we meant we make mention to one another we're like we want to see like the jungle you know, we're just talking to each other. And someone overheard us, told him, next thing you know, we're flying over the jungle in a military helicopter and got low enough that we were able to really, like this was better than a safari that you get when you go to Africa. And we were just really happy, the both of us on that trip. That was another time that we, it was a, another special bond. We couldn't even get any closer, but that trip just for some reason brought us closer. I guess we were both in the motherland and and doing things that the average tourist couldn't do yeah 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 I, I, I love that i love that i'm running out of time but i want to do this real quick with you right yes um give me what comes to mind when i when i give you these phrases okay and just elaborate a little bit and if i cut you off it's only because of time not because no i'm problem. not interested right okay ahead. um so, so when i say life after death what comes to mind biggie's album 
<laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. And when I say Biggie's album, Kim was all a part of that. We were all up on that Biggie scene, like big time. So life after death, I think about my sister and I think about Biggie. I'm serious because we lived that era. Okay, okay. When 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 I say love people while you have them, what comes to mind? Um, when I look at old videos and I see and I really wish I could be back in that place at the very moment and I can't do that anymore, love people while you have them. I know mm. I did and I have no regrets. Mm. So there you have it. Yeah, I got two more for you before we take this break. Um, when I say some relationships will change your life, what comes to mind? Losing Kim and how it has changed mine. Um, it's changed my life as far as how I deal with other close friends and how I deal with friends, how I deal with associates. It's nothing that I like. I find there's, I feel like there's a grip or something that is on me up to this day that stops me from moving forward, um, building relationships and building friendships and not being as social as I once was. And I feel like I flake out on people a lot and it's not really a flake, it's that grip it has actually changed me. You know, certain things about her passing has absolutely changed me, made me a totally different person. And I pray daily for God to release this grip from me. Mm. Um, I'm not going to say and restore my joy because that never left. Mm. The person that I am never left, but there's a part of me that when Kim passed, it just went away. And I, I, I work hard daily to get that back. All right, here's my last one. When I say Kim Porter, what comes to mind? I just see pictures. I just see smiles. That's all I see because she smiled. She smiled a lot. Her smile is extremely memorable. So if someone says her name, oh, see, you just put that picture on the screen and I'm just like, there it is. It's that smile. And I just think about her and just all the memories. And I'm just thankful, Sean. Yeah. When you say Kim Porter, I'm thankful that I was a part of who Kim Porter was. I was a part of yeah. her life, yeah. and I was a part of her legacy. Yeah. That's- Listen, I'm I'm out of time, but that's exactly what I wanted my last word to you to be. That grief is the expectation of love when loss is present, but you have something additional. You have another obligation, gratitude. That you had something that most people will never get. And every day going forward, you've got to sit first in gratitude. And and, and then do what you did tonight or today is let the rest of us into that powerful connection so that those of us who've never had it can hear it. And those of us who do have it can be reminded of how special it is. Tell this story every chance you get. How about that? I appreciate that. I really, I really do. And I will. And I can't wait to see you when you come to Atlanta. Yes. um, Let's live it up. I would love to have this conversation in your face. I love it. This was great, Sean. And I'm so appreciative again. And thank you so much for having me on the book of Sean. Listen, we're going to have you back. (laughs) (laughs) Video lecture, everybody. When we come back. We're going to do some um, aha moment because I had a big one, a few of them in this conversation. Um, I'm going to tell you about one that I had, and I think we might squeeze in at least one Ask Dr. Sean right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Highly, let's do an aha moment. (laughs) Thank you, my brother, Highly. 
So, a lot of aha moments in that conversation. She was riveting and amazing and authentic and powerful. And that's like at the low scale of what that conversation was like. Some of it there are no words for. And, and a lot of it is because the relationship was real and genuine and impactful. And here's the aha moment. Build relationships that you can stand on even when one of you happens to no longer be here. Reject superficial connections. Learn how to get to the place where you say to people, if we can't be real, if we can't really be real and authentic and just, and just connect it, then I don't want to do this. Too many people settle for inauthentic connections. And then we fail to understand that not every connection deserves to be a relationship. See, what Kim and Ebony had was a genuine relationship, a sisterhood. And I want that for you. I want it for me. I want to be connected to people that I can be myself with. And that's what you should want for yourself. And don't allow anybody to make you settle for less because you deserve to be loved. All right, Harley, let's do some Ask Dr. Sean, man. Play the bumper. You guys always send me great videos. Let's take a look at this one. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Niaja from New York. My question is, how do you create boundaries with family members that don't respect your life choices? Thank you. Oh, somebody must have told you I'm the boundary king. <laughs> I will draw a boundary for you quicker than you can say your last name. And it doesn't matter who the boundary needs to be set for, okay? I have no distinction or no, there's no difference to me from family, friends, coworkers, or so. It doesn't matter. Whenever people happen to be encroaching upon your dignity, your peace of mind, huh? your sense of self, you have the right and the moral obligation to yourself to draw a line for them and to let them know we're not going to be able to continue as we have been in the past if you continue to persist in this behavior or this conversation or this spirit, this attitude or whatever. And it's as simple as letting people know that you've had enough, that you really care about them and you'd love to have a future with them, but you are not going to have a future on these terms, right? And you give people the option and the opportunity to decide if they want to respect what it is you've asked them to do or if they want to ignore it and thereby and therefore continue to travel in their journey in that direction while you travel in your journey in another direction. See, the thing you have to be committed to is not being afraid to lose people because anybody who's afraid to lose people will never draw boundaries because you will experience the drawing of a boundary as a way to lose somebody. When I see the drawing of a boundary as a way to take control, maintain, and acquire your self-respect. Doesn't mean you're running people away or chasing them out. It just means that you're clear that I will not allow any one behavior, conversation, or anything to encroach upon my dignity or the things about me that I believe to be so valuable that I have to protect them at all costs. So maybe the real question is, what are the things about you that you know need to be protected? And if those things are being put in jeopardy in any way, then you have to be courageous enough. Say to your mama, your daddy, your sister, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, whoever it is, baby daddy, baby mama, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever it is, I love you, but there's some things 
I'm not willing to sacrifice for you about myself. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to do a little Here's What Doesn't Make Sense right after this. Are we back? We're back. <laughs> Nobody counted me in. What y'all doing up here? Listen, we do a little segment around here called Here's What Doesn't Make Sense. Play the bumper, Hiley. So, I've been resisting the temptation to talk about Kyrie Irving, but now I have to. Well, now that the Nets have suspended Kyrie um, for at least five games, and now Nike has suspended its relationship with Kyrie as well, um, I just think that some things need to get said, and so how about we get to the business of saying them? And we all know how this entire controversy happened, I reposted a link to a documentary that had anti-Semitic tropes and Holocaust denying information in it. And the situation got worse when Kyrie refused to explain why he posted the video and he refused to disassociate himself in a very direct and clear terms to the negative and bigoted and anti-Semitic comments in the video. And then he refused to apologize for what might have been an honest mistake. Then the situation got worse when Kyrie was given another opportunity to both disassociate himself with anti-Semitic thinking, clearly, openly, plainly, and given another opportunity to just apologize to Jewish brothers and sisters for whatever violence or, or mental, I mean, mental, psychological violence and hardship his actions may have caused Jewish brothers and sisters. You see, a lot of people believe that somehow Kyrie Irving is a victim. And the truth of the matter is, he is not. Nobody told Kyrie Irving to post this video, and nobody told Kyrie Irving not to want to explain it, and nobody told Kyrie Irving not to say, I'm sorry. Because that's all he had to do was say, I'm sorry. You see how simple that was? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend my Jewish brothers and sisters because that's not the kind of human being I aim to be or want to be. And anything in this video that suggested that I'm, a, I'm an anti-Semite is not in line with my perception of myself or my spirit or my intentions with respect to anybody. See how simple that was? How much did that cost me? How much time did that take me to do that? Absolutely none. Except the difference is I'm not so full of myself and I'm not so committed to the proposition of being, you know, a hero, while at the same time being a victim, that I can't apologize. You see, if I said something on the show that offended an entire community, I would say I'm sorry for it, because that's not who I know myself to be, and I don't want to be associated with anything that would represent that kind of way of being in the world. And I know there's a small cadre of people on social media who are running around now saying, Kyrie is the victim because a man should be able to like whatever video he wants to like. He should be able to post whatever he wants to post. And I even saw somebody trying to connect Kyrie Irving to Nelson Mandela's comment that I'll choose my own friends and the West doesn't get to decide who my friends would be. I'm talking about one person in particular whose name I won't mention, but there's no way in any sane negotiation that you should associate Kyrie Irving with Nelson Mandela. But putting that aside, the problem with that is this. Okay, let's say that a white basketball player 
posted a video on his social media saying that number one, slavery didn't happen, and number two, lynching was a choice. Would all of you be running around saying that white basketball player should be able to post whatever he wants and like whatever video he wants to like? Because, you know, he, he shouldn't, nobody should dictate who his friend should be. No, you wouldn't be saying that. You'd be acting a fool if some white basketball player was talking about slavery was a choice and lynching didn't happen. Yeah. So why is it the case that we can't say it when one of us happens to be wrong? Because, beloved, right is right and wrong is wrong. I love Kyrie. He's my brother. But when you're wrong, you're wrong. And I have to love you enough to tell you that because that's what loving somebody means. You don't let them persist in falsehood and negativity. I will not let you be an open bigot or even, or even have it be suggested that you're an open bigot and I care about you and not say to you, that's not acceptable. And the way you're handling it is not acceptable either. That's what love does. And anybody who won't do that for you, who will enable you in your craziness, your stubbornness, your contrarian ways, is somebody who's trying to get some clout off of your bad situation and not someone who loves you enough to tell you the truth. Let me tell y'all something, man. It's, it's, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me how much some people think that the more you know, the less humble you should be. Kyrie Irving is a wonderful example of what happens when you get knowledge without humility. When knowledge comes without humility, you ultimately, inevitably, end up destroying yourself and everything you really claim to care about. Because knowledge without humility, it is the most fundamental and well-paved path to self-destruction. The more you know, the more humble you should become. The more you know, the more open you should become and realize that there's so much more to be learned. To be enlightened means that you take, it means rather that you take your high-powered intellect and before you apply it to the people around you, you first and foremost apply it to yourself. The great souls, the Buddha, Jesus, Prophet Muhammad, go down the line, the Mahatma, Dr. King, Go down the line. They first and foremost applied their great wisdom to themselves, critique themselves. And if your knowledge and information empowers you to critique everybody else but never puts you under the light of scrutiny, then you are not as enlightened as you think you are. Yeah. I hope I won't have to talk about this again. But if I do, I promise to also mention yeah, we are talking about somebody who seriously believed that the earth was flat. So factor that in. All right, everybody. I've enjoyed this tonight. I'm going to come back and do it again. <laughs> Woo, Ebony Electra is a gift to us all. I'm grateful that she had the kind of connection she had. I want you to have it. Y'all be good to each other, okay? I'll see you next time, all right? Love the people in your life, people. All right now, guess what? I love you. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.